0: When you started your studio business, you were probably mostly focused on getting clients onto the schedule. And rightly so, because that is the number one priority. But what happens sometimes a little bit down the road is that studio owners find themselves in a place where you've established your business, you've got clients in the door, they're regularly on your schedule, and you're thinking, what's next? And often, and that, at that point in time, you have had a lot of ideas. You've had a lot of ideas sitting in around in your head and wondering to yourself, perhaps, where you should focus next. What is that next thing you should do? Well, today I'm joined by a special guest and we're talking about exactly how you can figure out where you should focus next in your business and discover how to best use your time and your energy. Welcome back to the Pilates Business Podcast. I'm Sarah Glanfield, and I'm really, really thrilled to have you here again this week, listening in. Um, I'm joined today by a very special guest, Hunter Lauder from Tortoise and the Bear. And Hunter is a, she describes herself as a chaos coordinator, which I think is someone we all need in our lives right now. <laughs> But she is the co owner of Tortoise in the Bay, which is a a business um, strategy and uh, operations and mindset coaching company that supports um, uh, business owners um, to build and grow their businesses and bring all of the amazing dreams that they have um, to life. And so, welcome, Hunter. I'm so excited that you're here.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got to be where you're at today, a little bit about your journey in in the world of the business that you're in?
1: Of course. So I think like a lot of us that start these passion businesses, you know, might be like a second career. Um, I had a first career that I loved for a very, very long time in the hospitality and wedding industry. So that was like my first love was Food, parties, events, you know, that's kind of where my the chaos coordination comes from. <laughs> managing weddings of 150 to 200 people is like the epitome of chaos. Um, so I love that industry for a long time, was very passionate about it and uh, rose my way up from event manager to CEO of a wedding and event venue uh, that was a multi-seven figure company. And then like a lot of women, moms and uh, everything else who don't take care of themselves because they put everybody else first, I had like a massive burnout. And basically was faced with the decision of either uh, having a heart attack at age 35 or leaving my career behind. And so I was like, well, if I pass away of a heart attack, I can't have a career. So let me leave this career behind and start the healing process and see where life will lead me. So over the past few years, I've gotten tons of coaching certifications, really focused on healing, uh, looked at Western medicine, Eastern medicine, you know, dipped a little bit into the woo and spirituality, and finally was able to land in this role, uh, which is Tortoise and the Bear, which is a business that I own with my husband, where basically I help people like myself, who are super type A, overachieving, incredibly smart, passionate people, uh, have the skills and the foundation in their business, so they don't have the overwhelm and burnout like I did,
0: yeah, oh my gosh. so needed because it's so easy to land in that spot. And I think a lot of the listeners will dancing around burnout, I should say a lot of the time um because there is a lot of you know life is busy and there's a lot of as achieving how people who want to achieve, we tend to put a lot on our plate and don't tend to take a lot off of our plate. Um, and so tell me a little bit about, you know, how can you share a little bit about your journey when, you found yourself in that place where you, you know, how did, how did it feel to be in that place of burnout? And where, what was the sort of the realization that you came to and how did it, because there must've been a very hard decision to make to step, to take a step
1: back from that business. Absolutely. And I think burnout, you know, is talked about so much nowadays. And I think it's definitely this widely used term that has kind of lost its meaning. But I think anybody that's experienced like true burnout, it is just like extreme exhaustion, fatigue, like your hormonal system, your adrenals, like your, your body is affected by it. It's not just like a psychological condition of like, I need to take a nap and then I'll be okay, <laughs> you know? Um, so it happens over the course of many years. And then I think it, it feels like it's all of a sudden because um, most people aren't paying attention to the signs. They aren't paying attention to their bodies. They aren't paying attention to what's going on around them. And then all of a sudden it just kind of hits you, even though it's been happening for several years. Um, so for me, when it hit me, it was, uh, as you can see me today, I've always been like a very outgoing, outspoken, kind of gregarious, like larger than life type of person. And I literally turned into like a shivering chihuahua in the corner where just people noises, like anything was, it was, um, almost like a PTSD response. It was just too much. Too much noise, too much uh, feedback, too much information. Um, And it shocked me because I was like, I have never been this shy, you know, closed off, uh, scared person before in my life. And so I almost didn't know who I was uh, in a moment. It's like, oh, I was this person five minutes ago and now I'm this person. So I really kind of dug into that to figure out, like, what is going on with me? Because I didn't even know.
0: Right, right. And so what did the healing process look like
1: for you? Oh, so it started off that I was having the main reason that I left my career is that I started having heart palpitations. Um, so I would be sitting there, just sitting at a desk, doing nothing. And I, my heart rate was like 150, 160 beats per minute, which is like running. <laughs> and I was like, this is not normal. So let me go to the doctor and see what's going on with my heart. So I went to the doctor, they did all the tests, wore a heart monitor for two weeks. And they're like, your heart is perfectly fine. You have a little bit of arrhythmia, but nothing dangerous. Um, your heart's perfectly fine. My heart is not fine. This is not normal to sit here and have a racing heart for no reason. So then I started going down the more Eastern medicine, like spiritual path. And I went to acupuncturists. I went to psychics. I went to tarot card readers, uh, massage therapists, um, everybody I could possibly think of, because I said, you know what? Western medicine doesn't have an answer for me right now. There is something wrong with me. Let me just see how I can fix it. So I'm one of those people that like, I will try anything. I will experiment. I will like, that sounds weird. I've never done it before. Let's try it. Because it's like, when you want to heal, when you want to make yourself better, it's like, it does not matter. As long as it's not hurting me further, I will give it a whirl. So for me, it was a lot of experimentation. And I think that's what uh, I really do with my clients now in business as well, is like, let's experiment. Let's find out what works, what doesn't work. Uh, There's no such thing as failure. There's only such a thing as learning. And uh, really, that's my big, big thing about uh, recovery is that you really just need to like go all in on your recovery as much as you would in your business, you know, take that same like drive, that same like stubbornness and be like, I am going to recover from this, you know?
0: Right. Right. So when you work with studio owners, or with business owners, I should say, um, who are like a lot of the studio owners listening and are wearing a lot of the hats and who are um, doing all the things and are sort of flirting with, you know, on the edge as it were, what, how do you help them to perhaps make sure they don't go there? What, what are your sort of strategies that you help them with and tips that you give them? And how do, you, how do you support
1: them? Of course. So with my clients, what I've seen is that they are incredibly passionate and incredibly talented at what they do. And they've started the business because they have the passion and the talent. And at first it's like, this is a dream come true. I get to do what I love every single day of the week. I get to do Pilates, help people with their health, improve my own health in the process. They get to learn more about it. And that's an investment they're making in themselves and, the, and their business. Like it's like, a dream come true, especially if you were in corporate beforehand, you're like, this is just amazing. It's like being in kindergarten. Again, I get to have naps. I get to have playtime. I get to really enjoy everything I do about my business. And typically they grow and they're successful and they almost don't know why it's just like their, their enthusiasm, their energy is contagious. Their, their uh, talent and their expertise, people are like, I want that. And then at a certain point they plateau. So, they either are not getting more clients or clients dropping off, or maybe they're not as excited as they used to be when they first started. And it's almost like that feeling of, what just happened? Like, I don't understand. Like, this was amazing. And now it just feels kind of lukewarm. So, usually they get to that point of, like, should I go back to corporate? Should I quit my business? Like, what needs to happen here? And a lot of times they just start doing everything. So, they're just like throwing spaghetti at the wall. Does this work? Does this work? Does this work? work? And that's kind of where that uh, burnout starts to come in because they're just spinning their wheels. And they're trying, they're putting the effort and energy into it, but it's not really affecting anything. So what I do is very counterintuitive where I'm just like, let's stop that. And what we actually need to do is go back to the beginning because as small business owners, when we start our businesses, we don't do anything. Sometimes people don't even incorporate for a long time. There's no mission statement. There's no vision. There's no business plan. There's no goals And so what I really do is try and say, you know what, run your business how it is right now, but let's go back to the beginning and put this like foundation in place. So that way you have like a good checkpoint to go back to when you're making decisions moving forward. So that's my biggest, biggest recommendation.
0: So you put together sort of a values, a a value set that then is the foundation for future decisions. So every time something, a question comes up, It's let's go and make sure that this, how can we still solve that problem that is in a way that is aligned with our values?
1: Absolutely. And I think uh, I try and borrow from corporate when it makes sense. Like there's some things about corporate that I'm like, no, but the mission vision values is what all these giant corporations have grown off of. And you know, your mission is your what. So what are you doing? What, what is your business about? Your vision is your why. So those days that it's really hard and you're like, I want to burn this business to the ground, you can revisit your vision and be like, nope, this is why I'm doing it. I, I'm going to keep moving forward even through the bad days because my vision is so big and so important that I can get through this crappy Tuesday <laughs> and get to Wednesday and make it better. And then your values, that's your how. That's like the spin you put on everything. So when you're looking at making decisions, what marketing should I do? What software should I invest in? Who should my first hire be? Uh, What services should I add to my roster? What are my financials? You really can look at the mission, vision, and values and say, does this decision fit with that? If this decision doesn't fit with that, then I would likely say, you don't want to do it. But if this decision, you're so gung-ho about it, but it doesn't fit, then I'd say, let's relook at your mission, vision, and values. Because this is really just that touch point. And it kind of takes the all the decision off of your shoulders. So instead of like, I need to decide between these 10 decisions myself, it's like, no, I don't. I need to look at my mission, vision, and values, and that will help me make the decision. And so it kind of takes that pressure off.
0: Yeah. Can you give an example of how you, that's you, one of your clients has used that just to give us
1: a... Yes, absolutely. So um, I also use a lot of personality assessments to help clients because I don't believe they're like, this is who you are. Is who you always be? You know, this is the rule. But it's more of a way for me to really understand this complex human being who has this business that is literally them. I mean, the business is like them. It's their hopes, their dreams, their personality, and how can we take what they're naturally talented at, like their unique strengths and opportunities, and really build a business that literally is is like a second arm to them or third arm to them, I should say. Um, so, what I have done with one of my clients who was a uh, creative. Uh, Digital product designer. So she designs uh, courses and workbooks and uh, lead magnets for people. And she is an extrovert. So she loves chatting with people and she's obviously works remotely. So she doesn't get a lot of interaction. So what she was doing was like super piling up her uh, calendar with like coffee chats and discovery calls and everything else because she loves chatting with people. But then she was like, I don't have time to actually do my client work because I'm on the phone all the time with these calls that aren't necessarily leading anywhere. And so we went back and looked at, you know, her mission, her vision, her values. So her values is connection, uh, communication. She loves being around people. And I said, that's great, but let's put a like boundary around that. So for Thursday, every Thursday for two hours, you are available for coffee chats. And then you're going to have an application for those coffee chats so that you know what's their name, what's their business, why do they want to connect? And you can make sure that you're making the best use of your time. So she looked at me when I said that to her and she goes, I can do that. Are you, give, are you giving me permission to do that? I'm like, I'm not giving you permission. You're giving yourself permission. I was like, it's your business. Run it the way that feels good for you. If people can't connect with you in those two hours, then just put a little note saying, hey, if this time doesn't work, send me an email. And that way, you know, that person who just emailed you really wants to talk to you. And it's probably somebody that you can accommodate. Otherwise, if it's too difficult and it's not worth their time, people will just move on. So it's like, we really established that boundary in her business by looking at her values So that she could still have that connection, but not have it so much um, like on this one side where it was like really huge. And then she was neglecting all of her other things.
0: Yeah, that's really helpful. I think, you know, boundaries are so important. And I think when you are um, when you're running your own business and you have always run it, your own business. You know, it's and especially if you've been, you know, in that sort of early days of where you've been trying a lot of different things and been trying to make it work, and you have gotten to a certain place where it is working and you've got some momentum and you've got a little bit of um, air under the wings, as it were, and you're, you know, you're beginning to take off or you're take you've taken off and you're flying a little bit higher and higher. Um, it can be hard to recognize when you set those boundaries and what's appropriate. What, uh, what are appropriate boundaries to set that are not going to negatively impact your business or the growth of your business. And I think there's a lot of sort of fear around that. And so how do you help your clients to manage that or work through that?
1: Absolutely. So there's two parts of my business. One is definitely business skills, strategies, you know, software, tech, um, hiring uh, your first VA or your first outsourced person. Then there's also a mindset piece to it. You know, so depending on where they are in their journey and what brought them to their business, so for example, Pilates studio owners, if that's what they've always done, that's gonna be a different person than somebody who maybe left a corporate career to start their own Pilates business. So we kind of look at each person individually and like what is the next best step for them. So one of the things that has been really effective that I've recommended to my clients. And I always say, I don't like cookie cutter. This is like one thing that I'm like, I really really recommend that everybody does this is uh, there's this app called Toggle. It's T-O-G-G-L. And it's basically a timekeeping app for people that clock in and clock out. And so I recommend to my clients, even if you don't clock in and clock out for your business, which you probably don't, you have no idea what you're spending time on. And you have like kind of this gut feeling like, oh, I'm spending enough time on this. I'm spending enough time on marketing. I'm spending enough time on client work. I'm spending enough time on financial review. But if you actually set up those categories and toggle, like here are the things that you should be doing in your business and literally clock in and out of your business for like two weeks, people are always shocked because they're like, oh my gosh, I'm spending so much time on admin, you know, like, like paying bills and like software and setting things up. And they're like, let's look at if you could take that time and hire somebody who is like a tech VA who could just do it like that. And then your time is freed up to either make more money, get more clients, spend more time with your family, go to the spa, whatever might be important from a financial or even just a self-care perspective. Like, would that be worth it to you? And usually that helps them with that mindset of like, Oh my gosh, I can't hire somebody. I'm a small business owner. I need to do all this by myself. And it's like, but look at what you're doing. What you're working on is not bringing revenue to your business so it would make more sense to hire somebody to do that. So you can focus on the revenue generating aspects of your business.
0: Yeah. Such great advice. And I, you know, if I always, what I think that time audit that is, is really, really valuable. And even if someone, if, even if you've done it before, it's one of those things that it really is helpful to do sort of once yeah. a year or once every six months, yeah. just to check in and make sure that you're kind of doing the things you think you're doing. And it takes the time you think it takes because, um, you know, I always, I always think, you know, I'll just reply to that email real quick and it'll just take me a couple of minutes. And it's like, nope, emails don't take two minutes. Emails take 10, maybe 20, depending, or, you know, oh, well, you know, that these are these small two minute tasks that actually are not two minute tasks. Um, And then we look at, you think about, okay, well, I'm, I'm spending all this time doing tasks that I do every single week or every single day that are not the tart that, that someone else could do if I just spent maybe 10, 20 minutes training someone to do, or, you know, and then that, that, what the impact is then on the business from a growth perspective when you're able to dedicate that time to other things, right? And those are the things for studio owners might not be just teaching more hours. It could be putting together a new type of workshop that you can put on that would meet, you know, would would you could share with a a big group of people, or it could be running a big event. Something that, there are certain tasks that only the CEO can do, but there are a lot of tasks that other people can do. And it's sort of like weeding out the ones that only you can do. And then sharing, maybe sharing some of the other tasks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I'm sure you've heard about, they talk about the $1 tasks, $5 tasks, $100 tasks, and like the $1,000 task or whatever. And so it's like really to look at what are you doing? And if you're doing a lot of $5 tasks as a CEO of a company, You know, it's a good time to look at either delegating, getting software, or sometimes even eliminating those things. Because I think we, especially creative people, they want to like have all these different products, all these different services. They have so many ideas and it's like, you're making your life more complicated. So if we, again, if we go back to that foundation of the mission, vision, values is like, is this new program in line with that? Uh, Is this getting you to where you want to be? And I think it just helps with that kind of shiny object syndrome. And it's like, let's table that to the side. Let's work on this, which is a priority. It doesn't mean we never will do that. It just means let's not do it right now. And so even that, like, I have to do everything right now. It's like, no, no, you got time. You can do something in the next six months and then do something else. And so even just taking that pressure off where it's like, I can still realize my dreams. I can still realize my goals, but it's not like this, again, this weight on you where you're just like, I have to do it all right now.
0: Yeah, right. And I think that there's also... It can be hard to say no to things or to take things, you know, you know, when you are looking at what you're doing and you, some of those things you might enjoy doing, but even if, even if you enjoy doing them, they might not always be the best use of your time. And so letting go of things is also quite hard sometimes as well. Um, And bringing in other people into the business can also be hard. There's a lot of this is that is not always easy to do, but it's sort of like, once you do it, oh my gosh, you look back and you just think how, why, why didn't I do that soon?
1: <laughs> <I> <laughs> right? know, absolutely. Hindsight and all that.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 So as you're thinking about my, the, the, the mission and the vision and the values, you know, and, and folks are thinking about how they can sort of align all of their business decision with those, with those sort of um, goals or with those sort of, with those three sort of concepts. um, how does that also then apply to sort of setting
1: goals for the year ahead? So I'm a big fan of uh, reverse engineering goals. So I really like to, because again, you have this goal probably for the year, usually three, five, 10 years, you know, people have these big goals and these big dreams, but then it's like, how do I get there? I have a goal for the end of this year. How do I get there today? It's, you know, Thursday, January. Uh, how do I get to December and have accomplished my goal? So what I normally do is we take those goals and we, you know, just dream big, like everything you want to do, just put it out there. Nothing's too uh, silly or too big or too, um, you know, important. And then we break it down. So in order to hit this goal, what do you need to do every quarter? Okay, great. Now, what do you need to do every month? okay, every week and then every day. And at the end of my my offer, so I have this offer called Discover Your Path where I basically put together a sales and visibility strategy for the client based on their personality. So at the end of that offer, they have literally what they need to do Monday through Friday to reach their goal at the end of the year. And then they're always looking back at, you know, metrics and information to say, okay, I'm doing this to work towards my goal. And business, I think everybody needs to go into it with the idea of it's an experiment. Like I said to you earlier, there is no failure. There's only lessons that you've learned. So it's like if you say, I want to add 20 new people to my Pilates program by the end of this month, and I'm going to do it by putting flyers out in local Starbucks, let's say. And let's say you do that and you're not really getting a lot of traction. You didn't fail. It wasn't a bad idea. It was a great idea that now you know doesn't work. So now we can say, that's not working. I'm not going to hit my 20-person goal this way. What's the next thing I can do? So it really allows you to pivot quickly. As opposed to like, oh, I'm locked into this goal for the next year and I'm not hitting it. And then you're like, oh, shoot, I wasted all that time and money and everything else. So by reverse engineering your goals, it's like you step by step by step, you make it there. And I think it's similar with Pilates or any like fitness people that are like, I want to get in shape. I want to work out. They go from like zero workouts a week to like, I'm gonna work out seven times a week. It's like, no, you're not. (laughs) <laughs> um, so it's much better to say, I'm, I have this business and it's like this right here. How can I get to my goals like in um, actionable chunks that, again, don't feel overwhelming, don't feel like you're setting yourself up for failure. Um, so you can build these 20 extra people in your business, let's say five people at a time versus like, I need 20 people tomorrow. It's like, eh, that's putting a lot of pressure on yourself. So it seems to really help a lot with the, the anxiety and overwhelm as well.
0: Yeah, that's super helpful. Super helpful. Thank you so much, Hunter, for You're sharing welcome. all of your valuable insights. I really, really appreciate it. I could talk for hours. But why don't you share with us a little bit about where people can go ahead and find you mm-hmm. online um, and
1: elsewhere? So uh, Instagram is a great place to chat. Uh, my handle is Tortoise And the Bear, and I love answering questions. And so if anything inspired you from this podcast, I would be happy to chat with you about it. And then I also have a lovely freebie offer for podcast listeners, which is on my website at tortoise and the Bear dot com forward slash podcast. And I offer a free customer journey audit. So essentially I have a form people fill out. They tell me about their business, their goals, their personality. And then I send them a custom customer journey audit. So they really can see what their customer goes through from start to finish. And there's always at least three to four really easy action items that they can take advantage of to really supercharge that.
0: Fantastic. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Hunter. I'll share links to all of that in the show
1: notes. Wonderful. Thank you for having me.
0: You're so welcome. Um, I hope this was helpful to you all listening as you go about building your Boutique Fitness Studio business. Um, If you love what you heard today and you want to hear a little bit more, don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. And as a little extra, I would really appreciate it if you could pop in and leave And a a quick review and rate the podcast. It would be so helpful to make sure that we can get this podcast out in front of more and more folks who are in a similar situation to you and are looking for a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of guidance, and a little bit more support as they go about building their boutique fitness studio business. Did you love this episode and want more? head to spring3.com and check out my free resources that will help you run a profitable and fulfilling studio business. And before you go, one last reminder, there is no one way to do what you do, only your way. So whatever it is that you want to do, create or offer, you've got this. Thanks again for joining me today and have a wonderful rest of your day.